today. Donald Trump prepares to be arrested and indicted for January 6th. An Iowa judge blocks the new heartbeat abortion bill. And Carol Roth joins me to fact check Bidenomics. We've got all of that and more coming up and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, and this morning, former President Donald Trump announced on Truth Social that he has received a letter notifying him he is a target of special counsel Jack Smith's grand jury investigation into the events that occurred on January 6, 2021 at the Capitol. Part of the lengthy post read, Deranged Jack Smith, the prosecutor with Joe Biden's DOJ, sent a letter stating that I am a target of the January 6th grand jury investigation and giving me a very short four days to report to the grand jury, which almost always means an arrest and indictment. And remember, as much as the J6 commission tried to twist and turn and obfuscate the truth, deceptively edit videos and rewrite history, as much as the previous Twitter regime tried to prevent Americans from knowing the truth about Donald Trump's actions on January 6th by suspending his accounts so no one could actually go back and read what he said that day, and as much as YouTube tried to run cover by suspending anyone who posted actual footage of what Donald Trump really said, the facts remain the same. Donald Trump was concerned about the unprecedented irregularities in the 2020 election, and rightfully so, by the way, because Time magazine later went on to admit that there is a cabal of elites who worked to fortify the 2020 election. So he was correct there. Donald Trump also did not call for violence that day. Not once. In fact, he made very clear before his supporters marched to the Capitol that they were to remain peaceful. Watch. Everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Now, if that wasn't clear enough, even after they got to the Capitol, Trump tweeted out a reminder saying, I am asking everyone at the Capitol to remain peaceful, no violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. And yet... They continue to try to convince you that Trump somehow led the charge for violence and not the numerous federal assets they still refuse to deny were there that day, or Ray Epps, who has the most documented evidence proving he instigated the entire event, yet remains free to this day. Huh, how peculiar. It's almost as if the Democrats in power coordinated with deep state actors within the ranks of the FBI to have plants within the crowd rile people up on purpose. At the same time, the Capitol Police wave these people right on through. So no, Donald Trump did not advocate violence on January 6th, but do you know who did? Who did call for violence? The entire Democrat Party for the entire four years of Trump's presidency and beyond. Watch. I, I, I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. They go low, we kick How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? Biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. Yeah. You would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. 
I said, if we were in high school, I'd take you behind the gym and beat the hell out of them. Punch some people in the face! When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? You see, everything they accused Donald Trump of doing, they were doing themselves. They have waged a war against the American people. It started with the election of 2016, 2020. That's not where it ends. And I know I'm supposed to sit up here and follow the approved talking points and constantly repeat, I would never call for violence. I would never call for violence. Here's what I'll tell you. We are currently living in a time where the federal government has weaponized itself against half the country, against you. They're indicting a former president over bull charges to prevent him from running for president again. They interfered in the 2016 election. We have proof of that. They interfered in the 2020 election. We have proof of that. And in fact, every day, a new whistleblower comes forward detailing the extent to which they went to install Joe Biden as president. This is not the republic the founding fathers set up. And in fact, our own founding documents address this directly from the Declaration of Independence. It says we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Now, you may say, well, I, they aren't just outright calling for violence. What are you talking about Well, here you go. Here's another one. When a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. It is our right and our duty to overthrow a corrupt, abusive government. So I am tired of hearing, I would never condone violence, because the reality we are all faced with is that at a certain point, if this doesn't change, if our federal government doesn't stop operating as a tyrannical deep state controlling election outcomes, then violence will be necessary to proceed with this experiment we call America. That is a fact. And the founding fathers knew enough to call for it at the right time. So you tell me, how long is a long train of abuses and usurpations? And knowing what you know now about how the deep, how deep the bureaucracy rot went in securing the election for Joe Biden, do you really care that a bunch of people broke some stuff at the Capitol and propped their feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk? At what point do they have that coming? Here to discuss this and more. We have Yaku Bullions, Blaze TV contributor and host of The Bottom Line, also joined once again by Chad Jackson. He is, of course, a co-producer of Uncle Tom. And I'm not sure if either of you are regretting being here today <laughs> after hearing my opinion on this. Um, I I'm not it's like I'm not call I'm not calling for it. I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying, like, at what point do we say like it? You guys had it coming because you can't just weaponize a federal government in this way. This is not the way that the country works. And how do we correct it if you're not going to correct yourselves? Chad, if I may, good to be with you, brother. Um, I have to reminisce back to South Africa, to the ANC, which was the African National Communist Party first before they came to Congress, mm -hmm. take over a country, radically swing it in the opposite direction, under equality, under 
doing what's right. And now you go look at that country, and there was a moment, a moment that I remember, and I served in the military in that country. There was a moment when we said, if we do not fight now, mm-hmm. you don't get it back. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. Go look at that country. Hmm. Mm-hmm. They have eight hours of darkness. They don't have power. And it was a first world nation, one of the leading innovators in medicine. The moment's going to come. You hear me today. America was, was conquered. We were victorious. We had to win it. We're going to have to win it again. Mm-hmm. An Alamo moment is coming, definitely for Texas. Yeah. Again, but maybe for this country. And if you don't want blood in the streets, okay, like it was, you go walk in Nashville, Tennessee, Franklin, Tennessee, it's War Memorial on War Memorial Civil War where the blood covered the streets. That was, that's our history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you don't want blood in the streets again, then you better wake the heck up, America, especially the GOP, and even more so the Christian conservative and you better start speaking loudly or you're going to be summoned to come fight in the streets i agree 100 percent. and the monologue that you just laid out so eloquently and passionately um the thought that came to to my mind is is case closed we don't even need a grand jury you you laid out the facts perfectly as they were and as we all have seen here in this country um i would add that you know this notion that you know, there's never a time for violence speaks to the fact that we as a generation have been systematically castrated mm-hmm. um, as a country. Uh, the reality is preserving and conserving our constitutional republic does take decorum, but to the extent that that, that we are, in a sense, um, bamboozled and manipulated and all the things, there comes a time where violence is necessary. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that should be the dead last resort but it should definitely be on the table. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at um, just how far this has this has gone, and at the same time, I think that the problem is that the Democrats are so cunning and they're so evil that they accuse. Trump, you heard in, the, in that video montage, Trump is a dictator. Trump, you know, and so they accuse. They they take that line first. Mm-hmm. And so they start accusing us of doing all of these things first. And so now it sounds like, oh, well, we don't want to do the same thing as them. Well, we don't want to we don't want to call Joe Biden a dictator. That's what they did. Okay, well, but what if he really is behaving in a way that is tyrannical? I can't help it that the Democrats said it first when it wasn't true. All I can give you are the actual facts that we can lay out here. We do not have a republic that is working the way that it is supposed to in America. We have a former president whose life is, they're trying to ruin his life and throw him in prison because he's running again for president. That, period. That's it. There's no other reason to be doing this. So what else do you want to call, like, what else is this? What else do we call this? I'm sorry that the Democrats uh, impeached uh, Donald Trump twice over nothing. I I hate that they did that too. But we have enough evidence on Joe Biden to go through those motions again. And Republicans are just, they're like, well, we don't want to do what they did. Well, what if what they did was BS and they were saying that to lay the groundwork for them to be doing it all along while gaslighting you? Absolutely, Sarah. Man, you're on fire. I love it. Uh, Chad is is just so on point always. Look, don't for one second think that there is not a current violent attack on the Christian conservative because you're not seeing blood. They are decimating the children of this Mm -hmm. nation. Mm -hmm. They are 
literally killing people. No pass should be given for what happened through COVID in this disastrous vaccine protocol and all the different things. If we truly make a case and lay it on like a court case, the evidence, it is case closed and shut. It is like signed, sealed, delivered. It's done. Yet, you don't see the leadership in the GOP, which mm. I'm going to call right now absolute cowards. And I'm speaking to you, Lindsey Graham. I'm speaking to you, Mitch McConnell. <laughs> and I'm speaking to you, Kevin McCarthy. You've got no spot. What, you made a deal for a debt ceiling like that was some accomplishment? Please, children are literally dying, being raped and plundered, being manipulated. If you, you, couldn't, you don't have enough time to stack up the evidence of the GOP looking the other way and the Biden administration saying, oh, you'll forfeit some territory? We'll take it, thank mm -hmm. you. The unconstitutional things that are happening in this country by the day is insurmountable. If you look at the border alone, how do, I, do you know that Joe Biden, as a president, is running a pseudo-immigration system mm -hmm. at the moment yeah. mm -hmm. that no one wants to talk about? He created an app called CBP-1. Yeah, the CBP-1 did not go through Congress, mm -hmm. yeah. which immigration reform goes through Congress. Mm -hmm. They're issuing Social Security cards with work authorization, which means you get a driver's license, which means you vote, okay, through an app called CBP-1. So now they're coming through a legal border crossing, and he's created a pseudo-immigration system. Where's Lindsey Graham on this? Where's Mitch McConnell saying, hey, sorry, buddy, this has to pass Congress. Mm. No, we don't push back. Yeah. Complete pushovers. And so here we go again. The silent majority, which I cannot stand. Mm -hmm. Can't stand that term, right? I don't know, Sarah, what wakes America up. The, the conservative governors I'm blaming. The Abbots. Mm -hmm. The Bill Lees, all these guys, even my friend in Oklahoma, Kevin Stitt, you boys need to push the Fed right now like Trump pushed them. Mm -hmm. If there's 25 of you that are disruptive, then it's not just orange man bad. Right. But they're leaving him on an island. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chad, I, I'll, I'll give you last word here. It's not just the unconstitutional things that Joe Biden is doing at the border. It, it's it's not an accident that he's like, oops, I thought it was constitutional, but it wasn't because we've heard him say, we've heard the, the administration say directly from him, like basically we know it's unconstitutional, but we're just going to let it play out in the courts anyway. Yeah. Utter nonsense. And people forget the fact that Joe Biden is the same guy who said Antifa is just an idea. Yeah. When in, when in fact, Antifa, these are the same thugs that literally took over a a police precinct there in Seattle, mm -hmm. occupied that block and called it Chaz. That was literally an insurrection. Yeah. But nobody said anything about that, but they want to call January 6th an insurrection mm -hmm. and, and cause this thing, to your point, to play on court. It's just utter nonsense. Yeah. But to the extent that Republicans in Congress aren't calling this out, aren't calling the, uh, the contradiction, I mean, these, these are not leaders to be trusted at all. No, not at all. Um, all right, let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be back with more, but we want to thank our sponsor, Birch Gold. So as central banks in countries like China, India, and Australia begin transitioning to a digital currency, the Federal Reserve has been contemplating the same for the U.S. With a, with a digital currency, you know, the government could, I don't know, track every single purchase you make. Officials could even prohibit you from purchasing certain products or even easily freeze or seize part or all of your money. That's not going to be good. All right. These are some of the reasons concerned Americans reach out to Birch Gold Group. They want to have a physical asset that's independent from the U.S. dollar. Smart. 
Gold held in a tax-sheltered retirement account is what they can do for you. Learn if gold is right for you, too. Text the word Y to 989898. They're going to send you, this is a free, no-obligation information kit on gold, so you can at least read up, study up, okay, know what you're getting into. They've got an A-plus rating with the BBB. They have thousands of happy customers, countless five-star reviews. Um, And, in fact, one of their customers is me and my husband because we have seen what's going on with the U.S. dollar, and we're like, you know what? invest we're going to diversify a little bit more in gold so might i suggest you check out this info kit text the word y to 989898 A judge blocked Governor Kim Reynolds' abortion ban in Iowa that uh, was signed into law last Friday at the Blaze Summit, by the way. It was um, a historic moment that we got to witness, Kim Reynolds signing this heartbeat bill. So the abortion ban would prohibit abortion at the point of detection of a fetal heartbeat. This is typically around six weeks uh, in a pregnancy. It does provide exceptions for rape and incest if those instances are reported to police. And it also provides uh, exceptions for the life or the health of the, of the mother. I know it's a, a big talking point that the left likes to use that like, well, that doesn't protect. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, and it's just fascinating. This was, of course, the ACLU and Planned Parenthood taking this to court, uh, challenging this ban. And it's just fascinating because now we've gone back to the 20 week threshold in Iowa rather than the around six weeks. And I'm curious to see how this plays out because I'm like, I I thought that the Supreme Court was like very clear on this, that like that was the whole point was that it was supposed to go back to the states. And that's what this state decided. So you got to wonder what kind of a reason the judge would have to say, well, I know that you, the states did it the right way, according to the Supreme Court. But you know what? I don't like this, and I'm an activist, so I'm just going to say you can't do that anyway. Yep. It's called Rogue Agent. Right. Mm-hmm. It's called I Do What I Want because the God that he serves is his political affiliation and the hand that feeds him, which is this corrupt bureaucratic system. And he cares more about himself than he cares about the life of a child. And we're talking here about, you know, you, you so beautifully quote it from our founding documents earlier. And how amazing is that? And I would recommend that all Americans go read the founding documents to your children. And you may, you may learn something, right? Where's the rights as an American to these children? Where's the rights, you know, never discuss, Sarah, the, the rights of the child, born or unborn, because conception ordained by God, no one, it's always the women and culture and what's convenient and it's never, and so the Supreme Court does the right thing and says, hey, go states. The state says, you know what? We're deciding, like many, by the way, okay? Heartbeat's too late for me. I'm conception, I'm like, like, like Kevin Stitt in Oklahoma. Abortion is just banned, but they go heartbeat, and a judge decides, no, I'll be the ruler of this kingdom above the Supreme Court. So, look, these guys have to be reined in, but the concern I have, Chad, is they've been, they've been let loose, there's no oversight. There's no liability. It's like district attorneys in this country. They answer to nobody. Yeah. You use the perfect word, and that's rogue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these courts have gone rogue. And, um, you know, you mentioned rights, and Hillary Clinton said in 2016 that the unborn have no rights. Uh, she said this. These are words that came out of her mouth on NBC. Um, th- this is just completely um, insane because, you know, when you look at, the advocates who would support the block, they would say that, oh, well, Iowans, by and large, 
uh, are supportive of abortion. And they will cite a 2014 poll that said 46% of Iowan adults support abortion in all or most cases. And then they will say in 2023, that number went up to 61%. So there was a 15% hike. And my question is, well, what caused that hike? And the answer to that question is this kind of Marxian left-wing propaganda that aims and seeks to demoralize our society, demoralize our country, and they've been effective. But I don't even know that I would agree with that poll. Um, Thomas Sowell point, points out that when it comes to these polls and stats and data, um, what you'll find oftentimes is that these are um, left-wing kind of nefarious uh, entities that come up with these polls, not to give you a landscape of where we stand as a society, but rather to either stigmatize or popularize an idea. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think is going on with these polls. I don't think uh, the majority of people support abortion the way that the numbers uh, say. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think the polls have been, I know you have some thoughts on that. The polls have been extremely manipulated to give Americans the sense that we just will love abortion in this country. When in actuality, um, what the left is advocating uh, for with abortion is way more radical right. than Europe, than the U I mean the UK, right. all of these other places yeah. that are so crazy far left, way more, way further left than we are. Even they have been like, actually, you know what? This is a, a baby in there that has feelings, and like maybe we shouldn't kill it. Maybe that's a bad idea. I really don't want your point to be glossed over. I cannot believe that the American people just leapfrogged Europe. Never have we been as liberal as France, mm -hmm. as the Netherlands, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you want me to believe that all of a sudden we just leapfrogged them and just completely jumped. No. Polls in America have always said this. Who are you polling? Mm. Don't tell me about the poll. Show me who you're polling. Because yeah. if I round up 1,200 people... <laughs> It was that, less than that. It was 300. 300. That group think like I think, well, shoot, I can, I can bring you a poll that says 0% of Americans right. want an abortion. I can, I, I, we can do just about anything. Mm -hmm. So uh, the whole polling system, the whole political class, I'll say this. The political consultants in America is a disgrace. It's a disgrace. It's a disservice. They jump from one candidate to the next. They're all money-hungry, blood-sucking vampires right, that would play for both parties, both teams, they don't care. And so show me who was polled. Right. Where did yeah. they live? Yeah. Th their zip code. Mm -hmm. How did they vote before? Come on, you want right. to do it right? No, but it's not double blind because a real study is double blind. You go and you get a real subset of culture, including everybody. Mm -hmm. Did you poll Native Americans in this? Did you poll uh, pastors? Did you poll 60? No. It's a subset of a controlled focus group, and then they're going to tell you, thus says the people. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> I want to I wanna just, how far we've fallen, I, I, I feel like cannot be overemphasized. So a federal law um, for a very long time now has prevented the DOD, Department of Defense, from using funds, um, taxpayer funds, right, to perform elective abortions and for the DOD to use any of its facilities to provide abortions. Like that was not allowed up until October of last year when the Biden administration published a memorandum directing the DOD to pay the travel and transportation costs for military members and dependents uh, who travel to obtain elective abortions. Um, last week, the House voted 
221 to 213 in favor of the Jackson Roy amendment to the NDAA that would ban the Pentagon from paying for expenses related to abortion and uh, gender transition procedures. And I want to play for you John Kirby. This is National Security uh, Council uh, spokesman John Kirby, who called abortions for military and their families. He literally said it is a sacred obligation. Watch. Why is the new DOD policy on abortion critical to military readiness? I'm really glad you asked that question. No, I mean, I really am. One in five members of the U.S. military are women, 20%. We're an all-volunteer force. Nobody's forcing you to sign up and go. People volunteer to go. Our policies, whether they're diversity, inclusion, and equity, or whether they're about transgender individuals who qualify physically and mentally to serve to be able to do it with dignity, or whether it's about female service members, one in five, or female family members being able to count on the kinds of health care and reproductive care specifically that they need to serve. Uh, that is a foundational, sacred obligation of military leaders across the river. He just completely made that up. Did they say across the river? Yeah. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I mean, just, compl- just completely made that up. No, it's not. talking about migrants, the border, you're completely confused. i actually going to take him, you know, my grandpa said, Yaku, when a man shows you his colors, believe him. Mm-hmm. Believe him. So when he says it's a sacred obligation, and you're going to go, Yaku, you go too far. No. To him, it is a sacred obligation because he sold his soul. That's true. It is a sacred obligation to him to spill innocent blood. They will do it. I'll leave it at that. One hundred percent. I mean, the wars that our corrupt politicians got us into, they're saying that those interests are more important than these unborn children. That's basically what he's saying, Mm -hmm. that we place a higher stock on the corrupt interests of our politicians than we do on our younger our our younger folks. And uh, that to me is disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Yeah, by the way, I feel like it's always important to uh, remind people when they're like, oh, my company is so nice. They're paying for my abortion. They they don't want you leaving for maternity leave. Right. Like they they just want you at work, working. They're not doing it out of the kindness of their own hearts. They're like, oh, we just care so much that you're you're pregnant and want to kill your baby. We'll pay for that. No, they just want you at work. Right. It's all about the bottom dollar to them. I hope that women, I, there, there's a lot of women who are very easily fooled by that. Um, your company doesn't care about your personal life oftentimes. And really, when you work for the federal government, they don't give two craps about you. I promise. Um, all right. We've got to go to a, a break. We'll be back with more. But we want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. So uh, we've been working with Relief Factor here at Blaze TV for forever. And um, there have been so many of us. I know Glenn tried it and it, it did wonders for him. I mean, it was life changing for him. Pat has tried it. I have tried it as well um, because I got in a car accident a number of years ago and it screwed up a bunch of the discs in my back. And I just kind of lived with this constant uh, aching pain. And, you know, feels like you're just grumpy all the time or you're impatient with your family because you're just always got that nagging pain. So if that's you, maybe you've got uh, you've got a tennis elbow or arthritis or whatever. It's usually the inflammation in your body that is causing that pain. And that is what Relief Factor targets. So it actually solves the root cause of your pain. It's not just going to temporarily relieve it because it's like a topical cream that feels great for 10 minutes and then it doesn't. So here's what you need to do. Try Relief Factor. They've got a three-week quick start pack uh, that's $19.95. 
70% of the people who try that reorder it because it's working for them. It can work for you. You can go to relieffactor.com to get that three-week quick start. That is relieffactor.com. The standoff at the border is heating up between Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the federal government. Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste. We have been invaded. The crisis is being used by Republicans as a photo op by the Democrats to expand their voting base. More than 85% of everybody reaching the border is coming in. That's the definition of an open border. Just down the road, you can get in no problem, no Humvees, no armed guards. What people don't realize is there's a way around everything. The Blaze Originals team traveled to the Texas border, ground zero of the most controversial news story of 2024. With some experts estimating over 4 million border crossings in 2023 alone, we embedded with the Take Our Border Back convoy to investigate. What if the entire narrative you thought you knew was a lie? Go watch the real story of Texas versus the feds and how the elites use the border crisis against us by visiting realbordercrisis.com and use code TEXAS for $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV. So Joe Biden uh, took credit for increasing Americans' wages over the weekend, touting what his administration has started calling Bidenomics. Oh, that's catchy. He tweeted out, right now, real wages for the average American worker is higher than it was before the pandemic, with lower wage workers seeing the largest gains. That's Bidenomics. I added the wink. He actually didn't wink in the tweet. Uh, But... Unfortunately for him, the fact check says eh, false. According to data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the per hour real wage adjusted for inflation was $11.15 in March of 2020, jumped to $11.72 in April of 2020. And the real wage per hour in June 2023 was uh, $11.05. Um, unfortunately, I think Joe Biden maybe was taught that common core math, so he's not quite sure how that works. Uh, they began trending downward real wages. Uh, in October 2021 before bottoming out at $10.92 per hour in June 2022. Of course, uh, you know, um, we happened to go through a pandemic and the trend followed the outline of the inflation crisis, which economists widely blamed on Biden's COVID economic relief package. Joining me now to discuss the absolute state of the economy is my friend, Carol Roth. She is, of course, the recovering investment banker and author of the brand new book, You Will Own Nothing, Your War with a New Financial World Order and How to Fight Back. Carol, my friend, I, I have to say, I think you you win the award for my friend with the best hair. I always look at your hair and I'm like, <laughs> I'm so jealous of that hair. Um, it's good to see you. What, uh, what, what are your thoughts on this latest Bidenomics display? Well, uh, kind of like the name for my hair, which we call laissez hair, as you know, kind of a nod to laissez-faire economics. Uh, Bidenomics is a really cute little package, isn't it? You know, you don't have to, you can can get away from the fact that you know there's been double-digit inflation, and you know he took money or uh, oil out of the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, and that everybody's uh, worse off today than they were you know several years ago because you have a cute name for it, Sarah. I mean, that <laughs> makes it all better, and so. If you just you know put a wrapper around it, people don't actually have to you know do things like have critical thinking when they go to the grocery store and they see the cost of their groceries or when they try you know struggling to pay their regular cost of living. Yeah, it is. I, I if I find it, I'm like, well, clearly they think we're really stupid, but actually in some cases maybe some of us are. So it might work with some of the population. Um, but I want to get into I want to get into your book. 
So you have this book. Uh, you will own nothing. And I noticed the cover. It's a, a house is crossed out. A car is crossed out. A business is crossed out. Stocks is crossed out. Your life is also crossed out. This, um, <laughs> this doesn't sound optimistic, Carol. So I think that the plans that we're facing are not optimistic, Sarah. There are a lot of forces that are shifting the global world order. And, you know, this is the call has been coming from inside the House. The United States has been derelict in its duty to make our, our, our currency stable, either for the domestic economy or for the world economy. We saw the Biden regime uh, weaponize the U.S. dollar against Russia when they invaded Ukraine and basically freeze access to the reserves. So things are shifting on a global basis. And you have all these different forces who really want to make sure, having seen this happen before, you know, it was the United States, it was Britain before us, it was the Dutch before them. They want to make sure that they come out on top when the stakes finally kind of play out. And so, you know, if you look at the language, they say, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. It's not will own nothing. They don't include themselves in that. So it's really important for us to kind of understand where all these different threats are coming from, you know, whether it is the Fed and the government, whether it's from you know, groups like the World Economic Forum or the UN or even big business. And big tech is such a, you know, important piece of this that they get their own section and their own category. But we have to be able to fight back. So this is actually a book about a movement and a counter revolution. Yes, it's a little scary to go through that. But our final chapter gives you that plan to fight back because the elite wants you to own nothing. But people like myself, and I know you do as well, Sarah, we want you to own everything. Yes, yes, we are a major capitalist here. Okay, so I want to, um, I want to ask you about um, the housing situation right now, because I know, you know, we've got BlackRock coming up, buying up all the land. And I want you to, I, you will explain in such a more eloquent, eloquent way than I will. See, I even messed up the word eloquent. You will explain a lot more clearly, I think, to Americans why they should care and um, why alarm bells should really be going off in their heads about companies like BlackRock going up and buying up all of the, uh, all of the housing. What? Uh, tell us about that. So when you think of the American dream, Sarah, what, what is the picture you have in your mind? What is the physical picture? Uh, you own a house. Exactly. That, that's it, right? That's the American dream. And there's a reason for that. It's because it's the largest assets on household balance sheets across the United States. And it sort of doesn't matter on the demographic category or whatnot. And frankly, in a lot of places around the world, you know, the health, the house is a driver of wealth. And so, you know, it is really important to protect that level of ownership because that's what drives the wealth creation opportunities in the American dream. What we have seen happen based on Federal Reserve policy and government policy that has shifted wealth from Main Street to Wall Street is that they've given Wall Street tons of cheap capital over the years, and that has allowed them to drive up the prices of all different assets. And they ran out of places to invest in at a, you know, appropriate risk level in order to generate a return. So they went, oh, what about single family housing? And so this didn't exist before 2010. I mean, it's so staggering. So 
on the back end of the Great Recession financial crisis, this is what happened is that you had these corporate investors who are now coming in and competing with you for that house. And they're not buying it to make it nicer and flip it back to you. So you have that opportunity to get the wealth creation. They want you to rent the American dream and take that wealth from you and transfer it back to Wall Street. So again, this didn't exist before 2010, which is staggering. And now about one in every five homes, a little more than that, is being sold to corporate investors who own you know, multiple tens of thousands of these homes. Um, 60 Minutes actually did a piece with one of these investors, Tricon Residential. They're based in Canada. They're publicly traded here in the U.S., but they're not even a U.S. company. And they own tens of thousands of single family homes and they rent you the American dreams. And so one of the things that I did in this book, because I wanted to take the conspiracy out of this entirely, is I just put it in their words. So I went to their financial filings, you know, publicly traded companies have things like 10 K's and annual reports that they have to file on a yearly basis. And I just told you what they said. And they said they target the middle class. They target working Americans because those people have jobs and they can pay. And we see this as a golden opportunity, a once in a lifetime asset class where they're literally taking away the American dream. And if you just think about that, like throughout history, the people who didn't have ownership, who didn't own things. They were unfree. They were unhappy. And in many cases, they lost their lives. So they, they're trying to make you this indentured servant to the, to the state and they're trying to get you to buy into it by telling you you'll be happy. And this is, you know, for your benefit, it'll be such an easy lifestyle for you. Yeah, I um Well, I, I'm glad that you that you mentioned that, because I know that you uh, you've done a lot of research for this book. I know um, you've done a lot of research into, you know, just great, great reset type things that people are like, that's not really going on. That's just a conspiracy. And it's like, it's literally on the WEF website. What are you talking about? It's not a conspiracy. It's actually happening. Um, so I appreciate you so much, Carol. Tell everyone where they can find your book. Thank you. Well, first of all, you want to get yourself a hard copy because you want to put yourself in the mindset of actually owning things. This way, Sarah, you can't go in and have somebody change the words unless they break into your house with a scissor and a pen. But uh, it's available wherever your fine books are sold. And you want to have this plan to fight back against the elite. So empower yourself with the knowledge and join the movement. I appreciate you so much, Carol. And um, I've got a copy. I can't wait to crack it open. <laughs> Thank you so much for all your hard work. Great to see you. See you next time. All right. We will be right. All right. Now, I know we've had the, are UFOs really, like, are we dealing with aliens? What is going on? We've had that conversation on the show, which I find very fascinating. Yaku was here yes. when we talked about it last time, and Yaku's like, no. You're nuts. Shut up. There's no such thing. Chad, I don't think that you have been here to discuss this. So House Oversight Committee lawmakers are holding a meeting on, um, this is U UAPs they're now calling, Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena next week. This is Congressman Tim Burchett, who tweeted out yesterday that he, he says, I'm done with the cover-ups. He is talking about the hearing at the end. He said, we are done with the cover-ups, he later told reporters he is ready for uh, blowback from all of the alphabet agencies, and he is sick of the government. 
uh, that does not trust the people with, of course, the knowledge that they are withholding from us. This comes after a U.S. military veteran who served as a combat officer in Afghanistan and former intelligence official uh, revealed to a publication called The Debrief early last month. He said that he gave classified information to the intelligence community, Inspector General and Congress, and that uh, some programs have retrieved craft of non crafts of non-human origin and that the information has been illegally kept from Congress. He says that like this is intact and partially intact vehicles that are purposely being kept from Congress. And Yaku's already giving me the face. Because my <laughs> drone at my house is also of non-human origin. Right. <laughs> I, I, it's also, Sarah. I just really love this conversation. In, in the hour when our country is on fire. Okay. Burchett and these GOP guys want to talk about flying saucers. Yeah, that's fair. That's, that's the hill you want to go down. That's your thing. Hey, buddy, move over. Go play ping pong in the old age home. <laughs> Let's replace somebody in your seat that actually wants to go fight for people. I'm here on this planet. I say this. I'm here to eat the animals mm -hmm. and save the people. I don't care about the aliens. If you find <laughs> one, bring him to me. I'll beat the living crap out of him. There's no little, there's demons now. Yeah. Yeah. Demons now. Yeah. There's a whole lot of people in Congress that are more alien than the little green and gray men that they think walk around on Mars, okay? <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I mean, I agree 100% with you. I uh, just want someone on the show who believes that there are aliens. Bring me one. I don't want to ever encounter one. I've seen, one. I've seen I demons manifest, but I haven't seen yeah. them. I don't, I don't get me I don't want to ever see one. I don't want to ever encounter one. I don't want the anal probe that they say that they gave in the 80s. I don't want any of that. I want to hear Chad's thoughts on this. No, have, you, have you seen the videos on, on Instagram and TikTok of people claiming that they saw an alien and then they, you, you look at the video, it's all grainy. It, mm -hmm. it, it's not anything like the typical videos that you would find on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. And so it's either AI or it's some kind of, yeah. yeah, intentionally manipulative thing so as to convince people that there are aliens. I think it's one, uh, but it, I think it's but another kind of chapter in where we are as human civilization to try to c convince people that there is no God. Mm. That's what there I think this is. Okay, but what if, yeah. <laughs> what if the graininess are, is the aliens uh, forcing some sort of like signal, signal right. uh -huh. to distort <laughs> the picture? Then Sarah, this is how I, this is how, <laughs> when people play the what if with me, I, I do this, I go, okay, that's fine. That means they're on the demonic side, yeah. and we will we will slay the sword in the final battle, and they will burn, baby. Hell is hot. <laughs> that is true. I hope that alien skin can handle hell because it's gonna burn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I you would say that the alien skin is from hell, so it, they can just go back, return, just return from, to your from abyss. where yeah from where they came. I guess. I mean, I I also I'm not saying I I just enjoy hearing people's opinions about it. I don't, I tend to agree with you guys. I just love talking about the conspiracy theory, but, but I will say, if there were yeah. alien life form, they'd be watching what was going on right now and they'd be like, nah, yeah, we're yeah. gonna pass. Exactly. We're yeah. gonna pass The intelligence that. level, the intelligence level on that planet <laughs> yeah. has severely dropped. Yeah, so yeah. Maybe yeah. there's not much to gain. Yeah, they're like, it's maybe. not even worth invading, honestly. We'd have to deal with so many stupid people and uh, it's just really not worth it. Or time. they think the time to strike <laughs> is now because the leader has lost his mind. Yeah, that's fair. Well, you sometimes could convince me that the leader is actually just one of them. Right.
So wait, you know what? I do believe. When he has, <laughs> hey, when he has different earlobes than any other. That's what I'm different. saying. That's what I'm saying. It would explain a lot. Is all I'm saying. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back. realize this, but um, according to this trans woman on TikTok, uh, women do not actually own womanhood and periods. Watch. This is what I mean when the transphobia just comes out, the audacity and just the, the, the arrogance for cis women to believe that they own periods, that they own womanhood. Yes. You don't. Okay, you don't own periods, you don't own womanhood. You experience both, and both are different for every person, but as a cis woman, it doesn't belong to you, so you can't gatekeep it. Like, hello? Um, honey, first of all, you're not fooling anyone. As soon as you open up your mouth, we all know that you're a man. Second of all, if you think as a man that you have a period, you need to go to the doctor. You shouldn't be bleeding out of any of your holes down there. Right. And I'm very concerned that you need to seek medical attention for whatever you're experiencing because it's definitely not a period because you are not a woman. That's right. No, I look, I always say, uh, bring me 10 of these, these dudes, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? And just line them up and then we just observe them. I just want to observe them for 28 days. <laughs> Day 28 when you're not bleeding yet. I mean, I thought you were a woman. I'm well, ready. They're, maybe they're pregnant. I got your maxis. I got everything. And then day 35, and then for the, just show me. Show me the money, baby. This is, this is any given Sunday. Tom Cruise and Cuba Gooding. Show me the money. Yeah. Show me. Chad, when I look at this word. person, I see someone who just needs to repent. Yep. Um, this, this question of owning womanhood, I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, anyway. It's very clear. Yeah. It's called, if you got a vagina, congratulations, you're a woman. <laughs> Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.